0: welcome everybody to this week's episode of the 3f podcast uh as always your host timothy clayton cornell and his temporary quote-unquote show host uh jeffrey champion mcgeen how's it going jeff
1: the freak temporary when did i become temporary
0: you're on a 17 show streak i don't think you're temporary i promise Oh man. And today we have a very special guest, uh, very close to me. um, And that is Daniela and her dog. If you'd like to introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm Daniela, and this is Brisa, my dog. (laughs) She likes to be a part of things.
0: Well, uh, just in case anyone was wondering, we're not just bringing in a friend for no reason that has a dog. Uh, Daniela is a remarkable real estate agent, which was actually uh, one of the two people who got me and started in in real estate investing only uh, about a year and three months ago, honestly. So it's uh, not even been a year and a half, but Daniela, I have a lot of thanks to give to her and she knows a lot. Uh, Before we continue, two things. One, we missed it last week, Jeff, and I apologize to all our listeners. Uh, I'm drinking water. Are you drinking anything?
1: I got a big ass gallon of water. I'm back on 75 hard, my friend. Okay, that's all I drink. drink.
0: Are you drinking anything? Okay, water. we all have water. This is the first time we've all had all three people drinking the same thing, and also, I'm pretty sure the last time we did
1: this, I was drinking wine. So good, 180. Shame on you, sir. Yeah, what she- happened <laughs> to Zevia? By the way, we totally dropped the Zevia thing. Uh, I just and everything.
0: We moved the podcast to outside of our fast so we weren't drinking Zevias in the fast. No anymore. I
2: heard that in one of the first episodes. I really, really was hoping that you guys would be like the new models, the new spokespeople.
0: I mean, I tagged them in one of our posts one time. I got zero response. Um, I still have Zevias and I, I' have no issues with trying to become sponsored by Zevia, but I just we've been recording outside of my fast so all I've been drinking is water recently.
1: Oh, right. it, we supported you when no one knew who you were. Just remember that.
0: Yep. We're the reason that they're so good in every grocery store.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, part Yeah.
0: Second part of introductions. This is a joke between Danielle and myself. Uh, to whoever raised the Fed rates multiple times this year and foked up the home loan interest rates, your mom's a hoe.
2: Everything. That's, that's
0: yeah. how we're getting into this week's episode that is almost strictly on real estate.
2: It's the most annoying thing to deal with, not only as a realtor, but also as a home buyer myself. I am currently looking for a house myself in this crazy market. And obviously I look for homes for people all the time, but to do it for yourself when the interest rates are like hurting your soul personally, it's the worst thing ever. When I tell you I got my cost estimate from the builder that I'm looking to buy with, and you know I need to go under contract tomorrow, otherwise the interest rates are going to go even higher. But um, I got my cost estimate, and my heart just sunk. So yeah, it's it's not a fun time. But um, we can talk about you know how I get into all that with clients, but then when it's your personal life, mm-mm, yeah, it's tough.
0: That is some great things, and I really hope we don't miss any of that. So before we get into all those really cool nitty gritties and the really terrible side of rates, let's tell people who you are.
2: Yes. So I am, again, Daniela. I'm a real estate agent, and I started real estate in Delaware. And um, so I'm licensed there. I partnered up with a team there because I no longer live there, but I am also licensed in the state of North Carolina. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I serve both states um, with my personal license and my team but also I do nationwide referrals um, all over the country and that's primarily thanks to my military network where you know a lot of my clients are the majority of my clients are military so they move um, from one place to another and I end up actually doing a third of my business is pure just referrals to out of state Um, so that's more on the passive income side But when it comes to um, direct residential real estate, um, that's more like direct work, um, requires like personal effort. That's in Delaware and North Carolina.
0: Gotcha. And so uh, how long have you been an agent? Let's talk about that.
2: Um, A little over two years. It feels like forever, but a little over two years only. Yeah, not even three.
0: And what led you to choosing to be a real estate agent? What'd you do beforehand? Why'd you leave that?
2: Well, um, that's a funny story. So what led me to be a real estate agent was not, um, I think it, 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 it wasn't something that I realized at the time. It was something that happened like, it was delayed. It was a delayed reaction, basically. It was years delayed. Um, and I've been asked this question many times and I could attribute it to numerous factors that ultimately made me take the leap of faith but really it was the fact that I was a tour guide in college and I know that sounds kind of silly but I was a tour guide throughout my four years of college and I absolutely adored it like if when I think of college that's what I think of that's where I learned the most Um, and I went to a private university in the south where um, I was surrounded by really wealthy families that were looking at the school and they didn't care about the price tag on the school. The school was ridiculously expensive. And the only way I was able to go there was because I I don't come from a wealthy family, but I had a scholarship. So, um, you know, they didn't care about the price tag. They cared about the experience that the families cared about the experience that their kids were going to have. So I, as a tour guide, focused on that. How can I make you fall in love with this experience that I'm in love with because thankfully, I didn't have to care about the price tag either. I was given a scholarship. So, you know, the experience is what I focused on during all my tours and I really learned how to sell that. I wasn't selling the school. I wasn't selling the course load. I wasn't even really selling the campus even though it was beautiful. Um, I was selling the experience of being in my shoes. Um, so fast forward years later, I was about 25 years old and I had moved to Delaware and I had been job hopping, um, in different marketing agencies across different States. I went from North Carolina to California to South Carolina, to then Delaware. And when I was in Delaware, it was a transitional period for me. And I realized The one time in my life where I really enjoyed my work was when I was a tour guide in college. And I wish that I could be a tour guide in college again, but I'm no longer in college. So how can I be a tour guide? So um, there were other factors that kind of led the conversation to to real estate, but um, ultimately I wanted to sell people on the experience of something again. And that's what made me jump and just realize, okay, it's, I can do that through real estate. Like, yes, real estate is very numbers driven, but it's the experience of being in these shoes, like being the homeowner or being the home seller or the experience of even just working with me. Honestly, a lot of times I hear that people want to work with me just because they've heard of how enjoyable it is to work with me. And it's not so much about, I want a real estate agent that can do X, Y, and Z in terms of like numbers and negotiations or the kind of experience that the agent has. It's like, I want to work with Daniela because this person that recommended me to her can't say enough nice things about her.
0: Yeah, I don't know who'd be saying that. That blows my (laughs) mind and saying some good things about you. Um, (laughs) you know what? I believe it. Stop, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Well, I was. can you say the name of the school? What school was
1: it?
2: Yeah, Elon University.
1: Okay, that's fine. Not far from us. Yeah. I got, I got a question though. What, Um. because I'm sure we're going to have some people considering a career. Should I might even consider it myself? Um, what was the process like? What'd you have to go through in order to get started with real estate?
2: Oh, God. This is the worst part of real estate is going through real estate school. Um, so I just babbled about how it's all about the experience, right? And I'm very like experience driven. I want to sell you on an experience, um i would love for everyone i meet to become a realtor but this is the one thing that is the worst part of it is the schooling like doing school to become one doing school to remain one um so the continuous education that you have to do every like year or every couple of years depending on what state you're licensed in um it feels like law school so there's no way around it um it's very very difficult it's very mentally challenging. Um, it's very time consuming. And it's really something that I was thankfully able to do full time. Um, at the time I was in a two income household. So I didn't need to keep my day job to pay the bills. So I could go into real estate full time. So I didn't have a job. I was just studying. And um, taking the classes and then taking the exam. Thankfully, I passed on the first try because, again, I was able to focus on studying. But most people don't. You have three chances to pass. Um, I remember when I walked into the exam, they said 60% of people don't pass. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks for telling me that as I'm walking in.
0: (laughs) Just give you the the vote of confidence that over half.
2: (laughs) Right, oh. But I, I passed. Um, so it, for me, it was three months of like law school. That's what it felt like. Okay. And then taking the exam.
1: How, how
0: much did it cost?
2: Uh, I did it online. I think it was about $700 and some change for, for the entire course. And then they also gave you some practice tests. But it's, I think it's state dependent because... Each state has their own rules of what courses you have or how many credits you have to take.
0: Right. Okay. Now, is there certain states that like uh, you can carry? It's other ones like very distant, nowhere near relationship. Like concealed carry. If you have concealed carry in this state, it's accepted in this state. Is there different states that like your real estate license in this state is accepted here?
2: It's not so much it's accepted here. It's more so a reciprocity scenario. So. I got lucky. Um, I North Carolina has reciprocity with Delaware. So what that means is it's not like I can just practice real estate in North Carolina by being a Delaware licensee. I, When I moved to North Carolina, I did not have to take a North Carolina real estate class. I did not have to take a state exam or a national exam. Um, all I did was just sign up for the license and I paid for it. Oh. And then they give you 18 months to from the time that you become licensed um, to take a post licensing course so you can remain licensed. So my Mm -hmm. 18 months.
0: Sorry. I was going to say like continued education course.
2: Basically. So technically I'm a provisional broker in North Carolina. Um, I can do everything that, that a full broker does, but um, I am affiliated with a brokerage in North Carolina and Um, yeah, so I just didn't have to do anything, which to be quite honest with you, I think they should have had me do something because for all they knew I was a terrible agent in Delaware and I had no knowledge of anything. So why, why did (laughs) they just hand me a license?
0: You were failing in Delaware. So you fled to come to North Carolina thinking it was like greener skies or something.
2: Exactly. Like Mm -hmm. for all they know, I was awful. So I don't know. They just kind of handed it to me and I ran with it. I was like, hell yeah.
0: Well, so I... For the record, straight. Obviously, everything's been joked so far. You are an amazing realtor. Uh, like I said, one, you helped me get into real estate investing, uh, part one, and two, you made the home buying process insane. And then when we moved to a state that you couldn't sell in, you gave us our the next best thing next to you. So
2: shout out
0: to Holly. Yeah, let's go, Holly Reese, South Carolina, Charleston area. <laughs> but uh, so. You know, you you have these word of mouth, you know, we talked about previously on my on the episodes how I used to travel with my job with the Air Force. And obviously, you've sold to practically everyone that I've flown with. Everyone that's bought a house in the last two years has bought it from Daniela. So <laughs> with with you, and mostly in the and I've tried sending you people in Charlotte too. What do you think is the reason that sets you apart as an agent to where people don't care about your negotiating skills because they know they're going to get a more streamlined process and a better agent overall.
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, well, surprisingly enough, I do have great negotiating skills. Um, but that's the the main reason why somebody chooses an agent is because they think that they can be a shark for them, whether they're on the buying end or the selling end. And I can absolutely be a shark, um, but I don't come across that way, you know. And I think when someone starts working with me and this is based on comments that, that I've been told, um, and feedback that I've received, you're, you're working with a friend. So I'll just give you an example. Um, yesterday morning, it was Saturday morning. I slept in, um, and my client who is in Oklahoma and he will be relocating to Delaware for the air force. He wanted to put in an offer on a home and, um, I had texted him late the night before telling him, I'll give you a call when I wake up and we can do it together. And, you know, I don't want to just type up the offer and send it to him for him to click and sign. I want to run you through it. I want you to really understand what we're doing here together. So, (laughs) so um, I told him I would give him a call when I woke up and, you know, I'm in bed in my PJs. Like I haven't even like TMI, but I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. And I give him a call and we were on the phone for about two hours because I was running through the entire offer process with him. And he felt so good about it. He was like, "Daniela, tell me that you don't work seven days a week. I was like, I do because I do like you. So when you, when you own a business, whether it be big or small, it becomes a part of your lifestyle. So I think that's the big difference um, with me. You feel like you're working with a friend. Um, she will be there for you at 10 a.m. on a Saturday when she hasn't even brushed her teeth and she will do the offer with you, but she's not just gonna write it up and send it to you. She's gonna review it with you piece by piece. Make sure that you truly understand it. Let's let's give examples. Let me paint a full picture for you. Um, and then... You know, you're you feel confident with what you're doing. Like my my biggest thing is, again, I'm selling an experience. I don't sell a piece of property or a piece of land. I'm selling you on an experience and hold my hand and let's go through the journey together. So um, I want to give you that confidence in knowing that that's my girl. She's got me. Whatever she says goes because I trust her with my life.
0: Yeah, I think this goes a lot to like, you talked about sales, you built up these great sales skills. And one thing we talked about, I think was like one of our first 10 episodes of the skills you need in life. And sales was one of them. It's You own the process, like from start to finish and then even after, by the way, I've never heard of any realtor traveling in like, oh, you're in the same town as I am. Let's get pizza. You're the only person who's ever done that. You like reached out to us and you knew we were in the same city. but. You you own the process from before they even make an offer to well after the house is closed. You're you're very diligent. You're very on top of everything, and that's what really sets people aside from in any career field, not just real estate. Of you know, oh, you can sell. You know, you can sell something quick, cool. But how do you get those repeat customers? How do you keep getting those nationwide referrals? Which. That's it's baffling to me that you're not just like, oh, yeah, I handle like Dover, Delaware and Charlotte, North Carolina. No, you handle someone. You said Oklahoma, right? Yes. Someone in Um, Oklahoma.
2: The farthest I think. And and I'm really grateful for the military community that has expanded on that network even more for me, um, because my own clients move to different states and even different countries. So um, that has allowed me to really expand my network. And, you know, I have, let's call it a a transaction, but it's really like being a part of someone's journey. Like I've been a part of someone's journey as close as, you know, a mile down the street to Alaska, to Germany, to Japan, um, to Hawaii, um, California, Philadelphia. I mean, you, I, I could just point out all these things and it's all thanks to this increasing network that, you know, it's all about who, you know, and, and my own clients, like I said, move all over the country, even the world. So they take a piece of me everywhere they go because they either sold their house with me so they could move, or they bought a new house wherever they moved with somebody that I partnered up with. So they take a piece of me and they kind of like plant my seed everywhere. Like it's, you could say like, wow, Daniela, you you did that, but no, wow, clients, like y'all did that. Like cheers to y'all because you allowed me, seriously, cheers to my clients. Like if I could raise a glass, um, they have allowed me to do this. They have given me the wings um, for me to be everywhere, for my name to be everywhere. Like I'm grateful for it. I don't take it for granted at all.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, excuse me, guys, I'm, I'm just very intently listening. I love this stuff. Um, so I heard from a podcast I was listening to, I listened to many podcasts, um, that there are more licensed agents than homes available on the market currently. Um, do you foresee any challenges with that, uh, in your future? I mean, I doubt it because you have so much, you have such a big referral base. Um, but maybe for a newer agent, or someone who might be struggling right now, what would you recommend that they do, um, especially in the upcoming months and, and years? Right, I mean we've got we've got the higher interest rates coming up. I mean we're we're having all kinds of issues right now with our economy that are just being projected to get a little bit worse. How do you how do you foresee things are going to go, and how should someone handle it in your career field? Like, what would you recommend?
2: So especially for someone jumping into real estate um, for the first time, I would really recommend tapping into partnerships because yes, the, you said it yourself, the number of agents versus the number of inventory in the market. I mean, there are more agents than there are homes to sell. So the competition is outrageous. Um, so agents are competing against each other And, you know, if you're jumping into that competition as a first timer, you know, you're, I hate to say it, but I felt like I was nobody in this business. Um, When I jumped in, I was, I was in a brand new state where I didn't know a single soul. And I also knew nothing about real estate. I was learning. So I, at the time I attached myself to um, a successful established brokerage and, I I think I mean that's my best piece of advice and that's where I see the potential um, for someone brand new is to partner partner up you know make 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 some sort of team or join some sort of team um, that that you think could expand your network um, that way you might have better opportunities to place yourself in front of people who might be able to give you some inventory um, to to sell so. I attached myself with um, one of the most successful brokerages in in the county that I that I was living in, um, and I can I toot my own horn for like a second. Go for it. <laughs> um. So I ended up. So this was Century Twenty One in Dover, Delaware, and I after I think I had just reached my year mark, and I was named the number five real estate agent in the entire state of Delaware for the Century 21 franchise. So I just was so excited to hear that, but it really came from who I connected myself with. And so when you have the potential to be successful in something, you just have to knock on the right doors. And then when those doors open, you have to make them like revolving doors. So how do, I, how do I keep this door open? How do I keep it coming? How do I keep it producing? So I attached myself to the right people. I attached myself to Center 21. When I first started, I attached myself to the military community. Now, how do I make them think so highly of me that they will want to tell everyone that they know about me? Um, and the way to do that was to be like my genuine self and and give the the perception that I'm extremely excited to do what I do because I am, because I genuinely want you to have the best experience ever. One, because I get personal joy from it, but two, because that's, what's going to keep my business going.
0: Yeah. 100%. Um, and so you already kind of touched on it. So you have these, this niche of buyers that you work with to start off. You know, you talked about a lot of this you know, military communities is a big one um now with the veteran side is that where you see you're moving to to be like your your main niche of buyers or are you this pretty open now that's been two years kind of balanced across all purchases
2: so after moving from delaware i started to experience um different types of loans but when i was in delaware um my entire experience was just military military relocations va loans And I think I'm already in that crowd. So, you know, why not continue to work it? Um, So I, and I find a a lot of similarities too, because I've moved around throughout my life. Um, I don't think we touched on this, but I was born in Peru and I moved to the U.S. at the age of 10 and um, I think now I'm at a total of, I've had probably 18, 19 different bedrooms throughout my life. So
0: (laughs) about to be 20,
2: about to be 20. So, and I, and I say bedrooms because, you know, growing up, like your bedroom is your home. Like that's like, that's your space. So when I think of the, the number of times that I've moved, I, I think it's been like 18, 19 different times. And, um, different countries different states different cities um when i became an adult i decided to move around the country on my own for about 10 years until i um, found my way back to charlotte where i mostly grew up so anyway i see that similarity of like constantly having to uproot yourself whether it be by choice or by duty with military so that's going to continue to be my focus but also i'm a business person too like yes i have the emotional attachment But think about it from a business perspective, military are constantly moving. If you are constantly moving and you have the ability to, to purchase homes with zero down payment on the VA loan, you're more than every time you move, you're more than likely buying and selling homes. That's a great position for a realtor to be in. Yeah, I need you to buy and sell a home with me every time you move and you're going to move, you're bound to move every two, three years. So, and the more people I know that are in that scenario, the more opportunities I have of continuous business coming my way.
0: And so you mentioned, you know, you are a businesswoman at the same time. So Charlotte does have a guard base, doesn't have as much military presence as far as active duty. Maybe a good number of veterans live in Charlotte, but it was named one of the 10 worst places to buy a home based off of inflation in the last two years for COVID. So great for an agent to be there if houses are buying and selling because you're making a lot on that commission. But do you think that market is a high profit for you, but maybe slow down? you think there's a better market locally, like in the East Coast, where most of our listeners are?
2: It's hmm. a good question. I, I guess I haven't really thought about it. Um, I've only been back in Charlotte for nine months, and it has been much more competitive. Um, my business in Charlotte has not grown as rapidly as my business in Delaware did. So um, you pose a great question that, you know, I should start thinking about, is is this a place that I want to be in for years and years to come and, or do I want to relocate again? Um, and I think I saw myself thriving really well as a big fish in a small town. Delaware's tiny. The, the area that I lived in was like, everybody knew each other. So, um, and I, I was able to become a big name very easily in the military community associated with real estate but here in Charlotte I'm just one of the bunch so um, I don't have a a concrete answer for that like I don't know if there's any other place that I would consider moving to but um, what I do know is my motivation to be here was to just settle down after moving around for so many years just come back home and be close to my parents and be close to some of my best friends. So that's why I'm here and I'm working very hard to make the business work for me here as well as it has in Delaware. But to be honest with you, I just, the way that Delaware was able to scale, I just, I don't really see it in Charlotte just based on not having a military community.
1: Yeah, there's always Florida. You know how many people yeah. are coming down here and how many military bases you got over here? Just saying. I'm yeah. an advocate for Florida. I love Florida.
0: Florida is a great spot. And, uh, you know, just on the topic of, you know, Charlotte is is not that it's North Carolina. It's just Charlotte grew so rapidly, so fast, uh, the past, two, past 10 years, yet alone the last two. And COVID just caused that real estate issue to just make everything worse. It was, on the east i don't know if you looked at it but the, the 10 worst cities uh charlotte and atlanta i think were the only two on the east coast the rest were all like utah and texas because mostly californians leave in those states but uh it's just something that's crazy to, to think of and i'll see if i can find that link to put in the show notes of the 10 worst markets to buy in um just because of the the rate of infl- uh, how much the houses are appreciated in such a short amount of time now you know speaking of interest rates and everything going up and all these houses appreciating, you know, I feel like before, right before COVID and during the first few months of COVID, these buyers have a lot more power than they do right now. They could start looking at certain houses that had this or had that, that had something that like I need a half an acre, but now it comes down to purchase price, monthly payment with the interest rates. Would you agree? Or do you think that you still have a lot of leeway as a
2: buyer? No. So this is what I tell my buyers as of the beginning of this year is when I really had to start shifting my conversations. Um, and again, those was all driven by interest rates. So the biggest hit that someone takes when interest rates rise is not only their, their buying power decreases. Well, here's, here's why their buying power decreases. Because your interest rate makes your monthly payment higher naturally. And people buy homes based on monthly payments. So if, let's say, for example, if two years ago, you would have been comfortable with a monthly payment on, I apologize, you can hear my dog barking, can't you? Sorry. Um, anyway, but if two years ago, you could purchase a home and feel comfortable with the monthly payment at a price point of 300000 but then the interest rates have almost doubled since then, you can no longer afford a house at 300,000 because you can no longer afford the monthly payment on a $300,000 property. So it lessens your buying power because your monthly payments are what you are looking at as a buyer. And if you're not thinking of your monthly payment, then you're not understanding how real estate works. So I do have some buyers that'll come to me, especially first time home buyers that'll say, Oh, I I think like I'd be comfortable with a $300,000, $350,000 home. The first question I ask is, what is that based on? Well, because, you know, it just feels more expensive beyond that number. Okay, let's go back because that needs to be based on a monthly budget.
1: All right. And do you sit down and go kind of go over that budget with them, make sure that they're in the right place?
2: Yeah. So um, I can't do it alone because I'm not a mortgage lender. But what I do is um, I might ask you, hey, what is your ideal monthly budget? What can you spend?
0: Due to some technical difficulties, we had to split up the interview into two parts. Stay tuned for part two on our page.